0: Section 10 Folklore and Legends Oriental. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Folklore and Legends Oriental by Charles John Tibbets. The History of Sunshine and His Brother. As the Chan Song was journeying along as before, laden with city, Sidi inquired of him as formerly who should tell a tale. But the son of the chan shook his head without speaking a word, and Sidi began as follows. Many years ago, Kuchana's chan reigned over a certain happy land. This chan had a wife and a son, whose name was Sunshine, Rani Garal. Upon the death of his first wife, the chan married a second, and by her likewise he had a son. And the name of his second son was Moonshine, Serrani And when both these sons were grown up, the wife of the chan thought to herself, So long as Sunshine the elder brother lives, Moonshine, the younger, will never be chan over this land. Sometime after this, the wife of the chan fell sick, and tossed and tumbled about on her bed from the seeming agony she endured. And the chan inquired of her, What can be done for you, my noble spouse? To these words the wife of the chan replied, Even at the time I dwelt with my parents, I was subject to this sickness, but now it has become past bearing. I know indeed but one way of removing it, and that way is so impracticable that there is nothing left for me but to die. Hereupon spake the chan, Tell unto me this way of help, and though it should cost me half my kingdom, thou shalt have it. Tell me what thou requirest. Thus spake he, and his wife replied with the following words. If the heart of one of the Chan's sons were roasted in the fat of the Gunse, a beast, but thou wilt not, of course, sacrifice sunshine for this purpose, and I myself bear moonshine, his heart I will not consume, so that there is now nothing left for me but to die. The Chan replied, Of a surety, sunshine is my son and inexpressibly dear to me. But in order that I may not lose thee, I will to-morrow deliver him over to the Yaragatchi, the servants of justice. Moonshine overheard these words and hastened to his brother and said, To-morrow they will murder thee. When he had related all the circumstances, the brother replied, Since it is so, to remain at home, honouring your father and mother. The time of my flight is come then said moonshine with a troubled heart alone i will not remain but i will follow thee whithersoever thou goest because the following day was appointed for the murder the two brothers took a sack with baling cakes from the altar crept out at night for it was the night of the full moon from the palace and journeyed on day and night through the mountainous country until they at length arrived at the course of a dried up river Because their provender was finished, and the river afforded no water, Moonshine fell to the earth utterly exhausted. Then spake the elder brother, full of affliction, I will go and seek water, but do you watch an instant until I come down from the high places. After some vain attempts, Sunshine returned, and found that his brother had departed this life. After he had with great tenderness covered the body of his brother with stones, he wandered over high mountains and then arrived at the entrance of a cave. Within the cave sat an aged Archie. Whence comest thou? inquired the old man. Thy countenance betokened th deep affliction. And when the youth had related all that had passed, the old man, taking with him the means of awakening the dead, went with the youth to the grave, and called moonshine back to life. Will ye be unto me as sons? Thus spake the old man, and the two young men became as sons unto him. Not far from this place there reigned a mighty chan of fearful power, and the time was approaching in this country when the fields were watered, but the crocodiles prevented this. The crocodiles frequented a marsh at the source of the river, and would not allow the water to stream forth until such times as the song of the tiger year had been offered to them as food. After a time it happened that when search had been made in vain for a son of the tiger year, certain people drew nigh unto the Chan and said, Near unto the source of the river dwelleth the old Archie, and with him a son of the tiger year. Thither led we our cattle to drink, and we saw him. Note: Among the Kalmuks every year has its peculiar name, and persons born in any year are called the children of that year. When he heard this, The chan said, Go and fetch him. Accordingly, the messengers were dispatched for him, and when they arrived at the entrance of the cave, the archie himself came forth. What is it that ye seek here? inquired the aged archie. The chan replied they, Speakest to thee thus. Thou hast the son of the tiger year. My kingdom hath need of him. Send him unto me. But the archie said, who could have told you so? Who, indeed, would dwell with an arti? Thus speaking, he retired into his cave, closed the door after him, and concealed the youth in a stone chest, placed the lid on him, and cemented up the crevices with clay, as if it was from the distillation of a rack. But the messengers, having broken down the door, thrust themselves into the cave, searched it, and then said, Since he whom we sought is not here, we are determined that nothing shall be left in the cave. Thus speaking, they drew their swords, and the youth said, out of fear for the archi, Heard not, my father, I am here. And when the youth was come forth, the messengers took him with them, but the archi they left behind them, weeping and sorrowing. When the youth entered into the palace of the chan, the daughter of the chan beheld him and loved him, and encircled his neck with her arms. But the attendants addressed the chan, saying, Today is the day appointed for the casting of the son of the tiger year into the waters. Upon this the chan said, Let him then be cast into the waters. But when they would have led him forth for that purpose, the daughter of the chan spake and said, Cast him not into the waters, or cast me into the waters with him. And when the chan heard these words, he was angered and said, Because this maiden careth so little for the welfare of the kingdom, over which I am Chan, let her be bound fast unto the son of the tiger-year, and let them be cast together into the waters. And the attendant said, It shall be according as you have commanded. But when the youth was bound fast, and with the maiden cast into the waters, he cried out, Since I am the son of the tiger-year, it is certainly lawful for them to cast me into the waters. But why should this charming maiden die? who so loved me. But the maiden said, Since I am but an unworthy creature, it is certainly lawful for them to cast me into the waters. But wherefore do they cast in this beauteous youth? Now the crocodiles heard these words, felt compassion, and placed the lovers once more upon the shore. And no sooner had this happened that the streams began to flow again. And when they were thus saved, the maiden said to the youth, Come with me, I pray you, unto the palace. And he replied, When I have sought out my father Archie, then I will come, and we will live together unsevered as man and wife. Accordingly, the youth returned to the cave of the old Archie and knocked at the door. I am thy son, said he. My son, replied the old man, has the chan taken and slain? Therefore it is that I sit here and weep. At these words the son replied, of a verity, I am thy son. The chan indeed bade them cast me into the waters, but because the crocodiles devoured me not, I am returned unto you. Weep not, O oh my father. As she then opened the door, but he had suffered his beard and the hair of his head to grow, so that he looked like a dead man. Sunshine washed them therefore with milk and with water, and aroused them by tender words from his great sorrow. Now when the maiden returned back again to the palace. The chan and the whole people were exceedingly amazed. The crocodiles, they exclaimed, half contrary to their wont, felt compassion for this maiden and spared her. This is indeed a very wonder. So the whole people passed around the maiden, bowing themselves down before her. But the chan said, That the maiden in return is indeed very good, but the son of the tiger year is assuredly devoured. At these words his daughter replied unto him, The son of the tiger-year surely is not devoured. On account of his goodness, his life was spared him. And when she said this, all were more than ever surprised. Arise, said the chan to his ministers. Lead this youth, hither." Agreeably to these commands, the ministers hastened to the cave of the H. Archie. Both Archie and the youth arose, and when they approached unto the dwelling of the chan, the chan said, For the mighty benefits which this youth has conferred upon us, and upon our dominions, we feel ourselves bound to go forth and meet him. Thus spake he, and he went forth to meet the youth, and led him into the interior of the palace, and placed him upon one of the seats appropriated to the nobles. O thou most wondrous youth! he exclaimed, art thou indeed the son of Archie? the youth replied, I am the son of Achan. But because my stepmother, out of the love she bare to her own son, sought to slay me, I fled, and accompanied by my younger brother, arrived at the cave of the aged Archie. When the son of the Chan related all this, the Chan loaded him with honors, and gave his daughters for wives unto the two brothers, and sent them with many costly gifts and a good retinue home to their own kingdom. Thither they went, drew nigh unto the palace, and wrote a letter as follows. To the chan, their father, the two brothers had returned back again. Now the father and mother had for many years bewailed the loss of both their sons, and their sorrows had rendered them so gloomy that they remained ever alone. On receipt of this letter they sent forth a large body of people to meet their children. But because the wife of the chan saw both the youths approaching with costly gifts and a goodly retinue, so great was her envy that she died. She was very justly served," exclaimed the son of the Chan. "Ruler of Destiny, thou hast spoken words sad while I mistook hang, Thus spake Sidi, and burst from the sack through the air. Thus Sidi's fifth relation, Tweets of Sunshine, and his brother. End of section 10.